Welcome, welcome to launching the pilot with your host Ryan and Gidget Falmaru. Launching the pilot, episode one, two, one. Uh, on this episode, we're doing uh, moonlighting, and we have a very special guest from the land beyond, beyond, from the time plus hope and fear. I bid you, Gidget, now appear. How's that? Hey, <laughs> how, are you? how are you doing, Brian? That's uh, a great intro. I love it. Yes, Sinbad, classic. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep, we're doing Moonlighting. I used to watch this in the 80s. Uh, I, I think I, I kind of stopped watching it after the two main characters got it on, but I don't think I was the only one that did that. I think once once that sort of sexual tension is gone, uh, you kind of lose interest. Yeah. So, but I, 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 no, so I think I was probably the same. I, watched, I remember watching it, but I don't remember watching it all. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's and there's a. I was reading a lot about it, and it it sounds like it wasn't an easy television show to make for quite a few reasons. Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> that's a, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we got sixty six episodes. It was uh, five seasons, nineteen eighty five to nineteen eighty nine. And uh, yeah, well, we should say straight out of the gate, we've got Sybil Shepherd as Maddie Hayes. We've got Bruce Willis as David Addison, and of course, she was very quirky, Elise Beasley as the receptionist, Agnes DePesto. That's right, uh, yes. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you said yeah. that. <laughs> um, and, and then I think then later on they have um, Curtis Armstrong yes, in yes. it as uh, someone called Herbert Viola, but of course we've done, we've had Curtis in our, in our retro cinema podcast in Better Off Dead and also Revenge of the Nerds. So he's a bit of a favourite over at the Retro Cinema. Yes, um, he didn't join until a year later, so I was, I was, I was hoping he'd been the first one, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, same, oh, same, because he's, he's very likeable. So, yeah, but yeah, well, I'll just have to watch more episodes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed he, he was in the first one, because I don't ever remember seeing him not in it, but, you know, yeah, time and stuff, I suppose, play tricks. <laughs> yeah. And, and I did also notice, like, I always remembered the song really well. Oh, yeah. Um, which which was obviously, it was sung by um, Al Jarreau. But it's, I don't think it's, it's only the orchestral in the pilot episode. Yes. They didn't sort of bring the vocals in until a bit later, I don't think. Yeah, I've got, I've got a little clip of that here. Look at that. Oh, wait. <laughs> Oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that one would fit. <laughs> so it's very jazzy, isn't it? It's very, um, yeah. It's very laid back sort it's of it, jazz. <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of the better themes, I think, from the 80s. And, of course, you know, Greatest American Hero, to me, is always my favourite from the 80s. Oh, yes. I think that's got one of the best theme songs. Oh, yes. But they were always, very, ca- always very catchy, weren't they? Oh, yeah, they, they definitely made them for toe-tapping fun, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, we've got, uh, like in this pilot episode, we've got the, the, the guy that's the Mohawk guy right at the beginning, that's Dennis Stewart. Um, I'm thinking, where is he from? And obviously he was um, the Leo from Greece and Greece 2. Oh, right. But that guy, yeah, that guy could only play a baddie. He just, <laughs> I, I don't, I can't see him ever playing a good guy because he's got that quite, um, how, how can I say this nicely, quite a rough face, <laughs> uh, quite quite a scary face. Uh, and we've got, we've also got the, the actual real Mary Hart. Now she's the iconic 80s entertainment reporter. Um, so she's she's in this as well as herself, and uh, I've got I've got some trivia as well. But um, uh, how do you want to progress with this, Brian? You, you can jump in whenever you like with your trivia. <laughs> All right, no problem. We'll do. But uh, yeah, so uh, we've got uh, this. This is written by uh, Glenn Gordon Caron, and he. Caron, and he also co-wrote Taxi, Remington Steel. He also wrote the Fame TV series, and uh, this is it's the first pilot episode directed by someone called Robert Buttle, and he's an Emmy Award-winning TV director, and he directed other shows like Star Trek, Hill Street Blues, Dick Van Dyke Show, Batman, Twilight Zone, Hogan's Heroes, Lois and Clark, etc. And he's still alive. He's actually 90 years old. That's not not doing too bad. <laughs> No, exactly, yeah. Usually blokes don't sort of get past that 75, but, he's been, but anyway, he's still going straight, so strong, so good on him. Yeah, a lot of the shows we do, they say, oh, dead now, dead now. <laughs> oh, no, it's depressing. Oh, my God, I know. No, it's, it's, it's quite, yeah, it is. It's like, obviously, we do 80s movies, movies yeah. and I'm always really happy when I'm doing my, my research, and they're like, yeah, still alive and this and actually I'm, I'm doing uh, um, another podcast on Sunday and we're doing The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes Smarter Brother have you ever seen that movie? I have with um, Gene Wilder yeah it's great it's a fantastic movie really funny everyone from it's dead oh, yeah, of course because um, uh, Marty Feldman's in that as well isn't he and uh, <laughs> yeah Madeline Kahn oh. um uh, God, I'm having a brain fart now, but yeah, like, like all the all the main cars, John Le Monsieur, all of them, that they're not with us anymore. So it's it, we're doing a comedy movie about a bunch of people. But I suppose if we were doing movies from the fifties, that'd be the case, wouldn't it? Yes, true. Yeah, but you don't. I don't yeah. know. For some reason, you don't expect it to be in your lifetime that they won't be here. But they are. <laughs> it's terrible. But it is true. I know. I know. It, it just makes you feel old, doesn't it? Oh, it really old. When, when more, well, yeah, when more of the people that you watched in movies are all gone rather than still around. But hey, we've still got Kurt Russell, so I'm happy. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so, and of course, we've still still got still got Bruce Willis. We've still got um, Civil Shepherd. Civil Shepherd. Yeah, and there was um, of course they didn't really get on when they were filming this show. But things got especially awkward when obviously Bruce Willis went away and made Die Hard. Movie star. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And so he returned this big movie star and she had a nose out of joint. But I have read in quite a few things that she was not an easy person to work with. No. And I think they just I think they just clashed in a way. But it's funny rewatching the pilot again, um, I, I was sitting there thinking, wow, she's really unlikable. <laughs> he's he's really likable, and she's really quite unlikable. Yes. Until the end. 
But yeah. it's by design that you, you think, you, you hope. <laughs> oh, definitely. definitely. Well, this, this show is actually written for Civil Shepherd. That's true, yes. So, it's, yeah, it's specifically written. But I do like that intro with her with all her modelling shots. Um, Isn't that weird? Oh, she was like, <laughs> In your own bedroom, would you have pictures of just you? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking exactly the same thing, but then I'm thinking, well, she was a model. Yeah. You know, and she was on the front of some big magazines and stuff, and she was, and she obviously was a model in real life, and they've made her an ex-model in the TV show as well, which is quite smart. But um, I mean, she she was beautiful in the last picture show and Taxi Driver and all that. <laughs> I, I did like this little bit of information because I mean, supposedly she's quite quite vain as well as being quite difficult. But uh, she, they actually used, uh, do you remember in the sort of the old, the 40s movies, they put a filter on the camera yes, to I soften the women's yeah. looks? Yeah, they did, they did that with Sybil Shepherd in this, <laughs> to sort of soften her looks, I suppose. They used to do it with um, Joan Collins in Dynasty as well. Yeah, I think it gives them a sort of 40s sort of um, era, doesn't it, sort of look as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it sort of takes the harsh lines off, makes their face look softer and stuff. It's quite a vain thing to do, but anyway, so yeah, they did they did that with her. <laughs> the thing is, they didn't get on, and I've always known they didn't get on. And I was thinking, this must have been before the internet even, because I remember <laughs> back at school saying, oh, they don't get on. So it must have been well known, very well known. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, actually, when you think back to that and you yeah. think, yeah, we didn't have the internet. How the hell did we find anything out? Then, of course, yeah, there was all those entertainment shows that were on TV. Yes, um, lots more. Like lots the Entertainment more. Tonight yeah. and all that sort of thing. So I suppose they'd talk about it. And also, there was a, remember how big the TV guide was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it must, so, have, it must have been so well known that they hated each other because most studios would try and cover that up a little bit, wouldn't it? You know, they'd say, oh. No, it's not true, it's just rumours. But, but no, this is yeah, true. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a friendly rivalry and all that sort of thing. But yeah, it was. I, I agree with you. I remember, you know, I was uh, yeah, I was in about sort of mid-high school in the 80s. And yeah, yeah it was just a, it was a known thing that Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd just didn't like each other. So it must have been true. Yeah. <laughs> and we all blame Sybil Shepherd. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But nowadays you'd, you'd blame Bruce Willis, couldn't you? Because he seems very unlikable in every interview now. It's just awful, isn't he? Oh, he's just, Bruce Willis has turned into the just phone it in guy. Yeah. He doesn't want to speak to anybody or anything. He's become quite a belligerent old man. But, but I think back then, back in the 80s, I think he was incredibly likable and fun and he comes across as that as well. And supposedly something like 3,000 guys were auditioned for this role, yes. and Bruce Willis was actually was actually the last person auditioned. <laughs> so they just saw something in him, you know, and that's probably why he went on to be the big star that he is. Yeah, they just had enough after um, two thousand nine hundred ninety nine. That's it. Next one, that do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so, um, this, so this episode starts, doesn't it, with um, a man waking up. And he's, it's Jonathan, apparently, and he's going out for a jog. You see him grab, kiss his wife, grab his watch, and he's out for a jog. And at the same time, you, you see, uh, I didn't get the Mohawk guy's name, <laughs> so I called him Mo. Uh, Dennis, Dennis Stewart, we just call him blonde Mohawk guy, yeah. I just call him Mo. <laughs> yeah, Mo <bye> <laughs> And he's getting ready, but getting ready slightly different. <laughs> 
But he's got his Walkman and his gun. <laughs> so. And his goggles. That's very important. Goggle. Oh, yeah, the goggles. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, if you've got a mohawk, you've got to put the goggles on as well. Just, you don't want to get flies in your eyes or something. I don't know what that's about. <sighs> Mohawks. How impractical. I don't know. <laughs> oh, isn't it? Yeah. How do you sleep? Like, you'd have to... You'd have to you'd have to do that like every day you wake up you'd have to get the gel and the hairspray you know it's just yeah it's a it's a weird look. Does he have to comb it over? Do you think <laughs> it's flat in the morning? <laughs> just comb it so it straightens up. <laughs> but we yeah so he he then sort of like he doesn't he makes it really obvious he's not like being yeah. And he's, and, he's, Fly. and he's in bare feet, and I, they seem to focus on the feet, and I thought, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's weird as well. But yeah, he jogs next, he, the Mo guy jogs right next to this bloke with the watch. Yes. Uh, they go down a tunnel, never go down a tunnel, I find, in movies. Don't go into cornfields, <laughs> and don't jog down tunnels. Yeah. That's, it never ooh, ends well. No, it's not, you know, no sakes bad going down, yeah. But because um, yeah. um, it's Jonathan, he stops at the edge of the tunnel. He says uh, something like, um, "What do you want? Do I know you?" You know. And then uh, Mr. Mohawk pulls out a gun. Uh, so Jonathan sprints away, but uh, unfortunately, he's not looking where he's going. Straight into the path of a car. Yep, gets knocked down, and of course, all these people run over to help him. But of course, Mr. Mo sort of sneaks in there. I don't know how no one saw this, and he takes the watch. Yes, rather Jonathan. obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to be quick with that one. Yes. And then then we cut, don't we, to... Um, so I've got some sexy jazz and Sybil Shepherd pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so it turns out she's very... She's obviously married to someone that's incredibly well off. Um, yes, a big place. She's got her... <laughs> It's a yeah, it's a very, very posh, posh place, but she's obviously just woken up to uh, her very annoyed chef and he's wrecking everything, which I wouldn't let anyone under... All right, he's angry that he hasn't been paid and the, that the checks bounced, but still, you just wouldn't let him wreck everything. I'd call the cops. Yeah, I've got a little clip of that, I think. The household staff's paychecks, they all bounced again. Bounced? What do you mean bounced? Oh, you shouldn't have asked that, Miss Hayes. Bounced! So you want to know what bounced means? I tell you what bounced means. Do you see this dish? <coughs> no bouncy. This check. Bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. Ah, this. No bouncy. This check. Bingity, bingity, bingity. <laughs> it's a great little scene. <laughs> bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> That's how you should start your podcast. <laughs> your, your new thing, bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> so obviously there's some financial problem going on. <laughs> None of the staff have been paid. And she goes, I'll, I'll, no. sort, I'll, I'll go to sort it out. Tell Peter to bring the car around. That Peter's gone with the car. <laughs> No, no, yep. she's, she's chatting to her PA agency, um, Selma, but, um, and I thought, I know, I know Selma from somewhere, I thought, where do I know her from? But um, she's, she was, in Seinfeld, she was played the mother, I think that's what it, where it's from. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, and she she seems to be the only faithful employee left. Yes, yes, because and the... I'm guessing she hasn't she hasn't been paid either, but she's obviously not as not as passionate as Mr. Bouncy Bouncy Bouncy. <laughs> no, and uh, even the phone's cut off, isn't it? Because we're just trying to ring, and there's no good. Yeah, exactly. And then and then she goes on to like she's got to Maddie's got to get to the bottom of this. She's got to find out what's happened. So she goes to see her business manager and find out that, you know, her husband's been, you know, she's basically been stripped of her financial assets yeah. by her embezzling uh, accountant. Um, but it's not all bad. She don't, <laughs> yeah, she's got a, she's got a couple, of, couple of businesses left. Now, this is actually, the, her business manager is called Alan. That's correct. And yeah. it's James Karen, and he's from, in Poltergeist, he's Mr. Teague. Ah. Yeah, he was also in Return of the Living Dead and Eight is Enough. Well, he got him out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he's, uh, yeah, so she finds out she's just got, she's got a couple of um, businesses and they're really losing money, really. Yes. Um, but they were maintained as a, like a tax write-off. Yeah, I've got the clip somewhere. Um, Where's that? Only that? took liquid assets like cash in the bank, stock certificates, things like that. You still have other sources of income. Like what? Well, like this. So you've invested in a number of companies, but there's a whole list. Got a dog grooming outfit. Oh, Alan, fingernail boot better too. say Maddie oh, gets better. This is interesting. A family portrait studio. Hand me that wastebasket. I'm going to throw up. Oh, don't throw up yet. You also own part of a bait-and-tackle shop, a dirty bookstore, and a detective agency. Now, last year, the entire group of investments produced $400,311. Hey, but that's great. I made that much? No, you lost that much. Apparently, these investments were maintained as write-offs. Yes, <laughs> so... So she's wah, even, wah. even worse than she thought. Yeah, yeah so it's all gone to hell in a handbasket. Um, so so she, she's informed that she's got uh, this detective agency called the City of Angels. That's correct. And, um, uh, and the lawyer, and Alan, he tells her, oh, you need to liquidate everything as quick as you can. You know, get, get them, sell them off yeah. and that's it. You're done with them. So, well, that's it. I mean, with that, that amount of money that's been lost, you don't want those things hanging around. You need I, to yeah. shut, down, shut them down stat. You don't want to keep losing. So I, think, I think she handles it quite well. I mean, I if, if I'd have had all that money and someone had ripped me off, I, I, I'd be going out and buying a gun. I think. <laughs> that's very true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think she actually copes with it quite well because, you know, she's obviously used to a very well-off lifestyle yeah because so uh, as they say the the, the hardest the the, the the cruelest thing you can do to a rich person is take away their money yeah. uh, and i like the um it's alan he says to her doesn't he? he says oh well you know you were quite big five years ago you could do some car shows and things like this and she's, she's yeah. she looks horrified doesn't she at the prospect of having to model again yeah so I was trying to figure out how old Sybil Shepherd was in this. I'm, I'd say mid thirties. Do you think? Yes, yes. I think that's quite a good guess. <laughs> yeah. So it's not. You sort of you, your modelling days are kind of waning once yes. you start getting into the thirties. That's it. So yeah, she's not. She doesn't look the type that wants to like slip into a swimsuit and stand next to you know cars at a car show. No, she really doesn't. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, because he said that. Oh, she's very stylish. I do. I do remember he was used to watch it. I used to love the way she dressed. Oh yes, yes. They certainly have that. Some, some of the suits actually you could easily wear now. I think. Yes, yes. Um, maybe not the flowery dress from late upper. <laughs> some of them. Oh God, no. <laughs> I, I, I did say some. some yeah. <laughs> Isn't it the first place she goes to is the detective agency? Yep. Um, yeah, the City of Angels investigation. And I do like, because then you get the um, the intro to the detective office. He's like... City of Angels investigations, lost or stolen property, our specialty. You dropped it, we'll spot it. He cheats, we'll peek. Little one gone, we'll find him before dawn. No job is too big, no job is too small. We're here to please one and all. We're licensed by the state of California and happily accept all major credit cards. How can I help you? Sorry. You already subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually used to be a receptionist um, for quite a long time, and oh my god, if you had to say that every time, I just wouldn't answer the phone. No, no, and I think she changes it every time she answers the phone as well. <laughs> so she's always coming up with That's new right. ones. <laughs> yeah, well, she she's always rhyming. She was always rhyming, wasn't she? Yes, right. Yeah, I forgot that about <laughs> series until I started watching this one again. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did too. I completely forgot about it. But I always remember her voice. She was, she had a very particular voice. Yes. Alice Beasley. And so I, I do like so. It, so we've got um, Maddie. She she then walks in. We hear that, and then Maddie walks in, and then she walks in, and this is when we meet David Addison Jr., who is played by Bruce Willis. And he, he just starts putting on the charm straight away, doesn't he? He just... Well, I like the bit, you get, get in his office and he's daydreaming, isn't he? He's got a, a basketball and he's, he's, he's bouncing around the office and into the bucket above the door. <laughs> yeah, he's also not busy, let's just no, say that. No, no, no. They haven't got job, jobs being thrown at them. So no. it's, it's a very good way to show that there's not a lot going on. I mean, they've got a lot of staff, though, don't they? Oh, God, it's busy, isn't it? <laughs> Usually, usually with the, with the whole detective agency thing, like the Member Two Brains, uh, not Member Two Brains, Dem and W Plaid, or something like that, it's always um, or Roger Rabbit. It's always some one or two detectives, and they've usually got one receptionist, and usually that's it. And they're usually in some sort of dank office. Yeah, and they're always aren't they? drinking, aren't they? They've always got a bottle of whiskey to hand. <laughs> yeah, and it's always in the drawer. Yeah, the desk, isn't it? It's not on a table, nicely displayed somewhere. It's always a bottle of scotch or, or rum or something like that in there. And they've always got a glass in, yeah. the, in the drawer as well. That's it, yeah. And they're always smoking. Always smoking. Oh, yes. So, yeah, this is sort of the 80s version of the detective. So it's like this huge office. <laughs> and very modern. Modern at the time. <laughs> yes, it is. Very 80s. But if he's not busy, I don't know what all the other people are doing. No. <laughs> Looking for jobs, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're, 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 well, you think they're going to have to, but of course, Bruce Willis just lights up the, the scene. Oh yes, doesn't he? I don't know what he. I don't know what he'd done before this. I, I couldn't really find that much. Actually, hang on, I do have info about him. Let's let's have a look and see if he acted before this. Uh, okay, his his uh, his career began on the off-Broadway stage and then in television in the nineteen eighties. Most notably is David Addison in Moonlighting. Okay, so this is really his first big role. And, yeah, you just, if you're if you're an, an agent or a manager, you'd go, that guy's really got something. And I can understand why he got cast for Die Hard. Yes. Over, over Schwarzenegger, yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 
Yeah, I think I think the whole thing is they wanted for Die Hard the everyday man. Yes, they, they, they were, wanted someone. They were turning the cinema away from the, the muscular guy saving the day, weren't they? They just thought, an everyday guy. That's who we want. Yeah, it's because more people could relate. So it would be silly if it was Arnold or Sylvester Stallone or or some big, you know, Dolph Lundgren or something like that. Um, and. You know, a lot of the things he does in Die Hard are not always perfect, and but he's got the, the cop skills. But yeah, no, it's funny watching the moonlighting again. I thought, yeah, I can see why casting agents went, we want that guy. Oh yeah, and I mean, because he has a lot of dialogue in this that he has to deliver really quick and sharp and, and witty, and he does it really well. Yeah. Now yeah, he does, and 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 I think it probably helped as well that they really didn't like each other I think that maybe helped with the lack of chemistry there was chemistry between them still yeah but there, there was that sort of semi you know I mean he obviously right, right in the pilot episode he's like finds her very attractive doesn't he that's right yeah he's, he's trying to bring on the charm straight away to her isn't he you know a charm offensive <laughs> yeah the charm offensive and he's, got, he's saying to her basically you know have you been a Playboy model. Oh, that's that. You, Miss March, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's an ongoing joke we've got over in the retro cinema because we recently just did the, the Last Starfighter and the kid in the Last Starfighter, oh, he's got Playboys yes. and he, he's looking for Miss March. And then in um, Romancing the Stone, uh, there's a Playboy in that and it's got Miss March on the front. So it must be an 80s thing. Miss March must have been the most popular Playboy centrefold in the 80s. That's yeah. what I'm guessing. They're all building up to March, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yolanda, baby. Um, so it turns out she was actually the Blue Moon Shampoo Girl. Yes, indeed she was. And that, that's what she, she finally tells him, doesn't she? Uh, I've got a clip of that yeah. as well somewhere. Not Miss March, Miss May, or Miss anything else. For your information, I am Ms. Madeline Hayes, and I own this dump. Madeline Hayes? Madeline Hayes? You're Maddie Hayes? The Maddie Hayes, the Blue Moon Girl? Blue Moon Shampoo? Sure, Blue Moon Shampoo. The only shampoo with milk, honey, and a tablespoon of moon 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 in every bottle. Sure, you're her? That's you? The girl in the bottle, the girl from the ads, the girl that was everywhere. I knew I'd seen you. God, I gotta tell you, I love you. I mean, I, I have always loved you. Really. Truly. Nothing personal. So, what is it you want to tell old Dave? You're fired. <laughs> yeah, that sort of that sort of throws him through a loop. He actually calls her a cold bitch. He does, yes. I've got that here, yes. <laughs> and she's not happy with that. <laughs> so I've got. Um, then we see old David is sad in his office. Agnes comes in and she has a little poem, doesn't she? Again about packing their bags and moving on. And he says, "No, that's fine. I've already got a job offers, offers and um, and I won't get settled in. I'll bring everyone on." And that's a lot of people to bring on with you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's kind of nice because she says you're actually the nicest person I've ever worked for. Yeah, she says it's so the it best, best job. So it shows that he is a, he's a good bloke. He's a really nice bloke. Yeah, he's, he's a good boss. Uh, yeah. Probably mostly because they can do what they want. 
Yes, <laughs> need to cut that down a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, um, so we've got, um, so I think next we have managed it out in a date with that posh, yeah, plastic surgeon. The posh date with that, yeah, rich, richer, older man. Yeah, quite, quite a nice style of a man, but he's just a bit. I hate, I hate all that. You know, like when they go into the restaurant and he actually says to the matron, oh, you know, I could fix that up, like his chin. Yes. It's like, how rude. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a bit full of himself, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, it'd, be, it'd, be like, it'd be like being a fashion designer and just walking around going, well, that dress is horrible. Those yeah, pants yeah. are good, but it doesn't go with that top. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, it is, isn't just it? Just keep, keep to yourself. <laughs> Unless you've got something nice to say, just keep to yourself. <laughs> And it's obviously, yeah, Madeline's, Madeline's not happy about this day anyway. She's, <laughs> she's already no, summed she up like this guy. She's doing it as a, yeah. yeah, she owed him or something like that. He's probably done some work on her and yeah. she's like, oh, yeah, all right, I'm going on a date with you. <laughs> but, yeah, she doesn't seem very enthused. No, uh, but uh, David's tracked her down to this restaurant, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah, oh, and they're having lobster. That's one oh, of my favourites. I'm like, oh, yeah. why are you not eating the lobster? <laughs> yeah, she's not, is she? Uh, the, no, he's not touching it. The old doctor's breaking it up, says you really have to get into this to enjoy lobster. <laughs> That's the thing. It's funny, isn't it? It's like yeah. um, we have, I think it's the best crab in the world. We have mud crab here in Australia. <laughs> it's it's superb. I think they get it. They can have it over in Singapore as well. It's a beautiful crab, but it, like lobster, it's they serve it in some of the best restaurants, but it's not something you want to eat at, a, at the best restaurant. <laughs> Because you've really got, you're going to get your hands in there and then you get the juice all over your hands. Oh. You, you risk flicking stuff across the restaurant. It's not a posh dinner, <laughs> really. No, as, yeah. as a whole, it, the, the way that lobster was served as a whole, if it had had the tail already taken off and, you know, opened up and then grilled with butter and garlic and whatever, fine. But, yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, she's... This would be interesting if she gets her hand stuck into that lobster. Yeah, she doesn't even touch it, does she? She's not ruining no. that odd dress. <laughs> no. Well, she's quite she's nice. Probably, she probably gets. Yeah, it's quite a nice black Sorry. dress she's got, but it's got huge flowers on the side of it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the real eighties, early nineties thing. Is you know the perfect example of that is Jamie Lee Curtis in True Lies. Remember when she goes to the hotel room? And she's got that dress on, and it's got all the white fluff <laughs> stuff all over it, and all that. And all she does is just tear all the accessories off, so it's just this simple black dress. Oh yes. Well, that's what that's what Maddie needs to do with oh, that black dress yeah. in Moonlighting. <laughs> just tear all that rubbish off it, and just have a simple black dress. Now we've got um, there's a there's a bit where we go to um, it's Jennifer's birthday party, <laughs> and I thought oh because there's um. It's old grandpa there, and he's, he's getting a phone call from from Mr. Mo, <laughs> and he says, yes. uh, uh, "Mr. Mo's urgent to get rid of this watch." He says, oh, "I need to get rid of it now. They're watching me. They're following me." And he goes, oh, "I'll pick it up in an hour." And that's all that scene, isn't it? So you get the urgency that, that someone's looking for this watch. Yeah, and you got that mystery as well. Continue. You're like, what's so important about this watch? Yes, yeah. Why? Why this particular watch? You think is it a valuable watch? You're not sure what's going on here. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. David interrupts the dinner, doesn't he, with um, Maddie in the dock? 
And yes, Mr. Plastic Surgeon. Yes. And he doesn't eat the lobster either. No, he doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he stages a fake call for the doctor to get the doctor out of there, doesn't he? So, it's a, so then he can uh, have a word with Maddie. So the doctor's yeah, away. Yeah, basically, yeah. he makes up some story about some woman's had some... Nose job um, <laughs> gone wrong. ...accident with a nose, yeah, nose job. But he actually, I think he actually sends him, like, he's got to get, the doctor's got to get on a plane and go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So he really sends him away. Yeah, he says it's such a bad nose job that she's now, every time she sneezes, she sneezes in her own ear or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Written, actually, oh, it is. Yeah. Certainly, Bruce, Bruce Willis has the best lines in it for yeah. sure. You uh, know, simple, it, simple Shepherd sort of plays it really straight, but she, yeah, she's um, a straight yeah, man. Bruce Willis has got those, yeah, exactly. But, she's, a, she's not a comic actress anyway, no. And and to me, you know, just because you're a really good actor doesn't mean that you can do comedy. No, he's they say it's one of the hardest ones, this is all in the timing, isn't it? Absolutely, and you know, if you watch movies like, um, you know, Young Frankenstein and stuff. Uh, or, or even, you know, I was watching Flying High, or as it's known in America, Airplane. Um, everyone in that movie plays it straight. No one plays it as a goof. No, yes, no. And that's what, ma- that's what makes it so funny, and that's what so many movies these days mistake. Yes, yeah. Especially, par- especially parody movies. They play it up and try to goof around, and it's like, no, you, you don't get it. It's funny if it's played straight. Yeah, so I think a lot of comedies have just lost their way. They go for gross-out humour now instead of trying to be funny. And thinking, yeah, <laughs> no, it's not how it yeah. works. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. And it's, it is one of those things as well, especially with comedy movies, there's a real divide. Like, there's a lot of movies that my partner and I find really funny. And yet, you know, if you mention it on Twitter, people are like, or if you look it up, critics just tore it apart, yeah. said it wasn't funny. And then there's other stuff people are like raving about, and we're, we're watching just go, no. No, not, not for me. <laughs> no. But that's, that's the nice thing about having a variety of stuff to watch. You're not going to love all of it. No. But uh, yeah, so definitely in the 80s they perfected it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I, yeah. I completely agree. Um, so uh, I have to say, Brian, I actually stopped writing down what progressed. Because oh, right. <laughs> I was I was writing it all down and then I I started like going through all my trivia and then I had to like keep watching it and as I was watching it I actually forgot to keep writing it down so you'll have to sort of drive I'll, I'll drive it forwards yes <laughs> so, yeah so we got okay. we got Mo in a car chase now there's a couple of uh, heavies after him and they definitely want the watch they said yeah we can negotiate for this watch you know but but, but Mo's trying to get to the old grandpa guy. And um, yeah, and and of course he arrives at the same. I'm, I'm guessing it's sort of a hotel, is it? Restaurant where they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. A lot, a lot of those sort of you know posh hotels always have a couple of good restaurants in them as well. I think. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of bags and stuff around for him to trip over and run through. So it must have been something like that. This um the the, the old guy is quite um. I mean, he's quite old, isn't he? But he's, yeah. he's obviously an old gangster or an old shonk or something like that. I think he was a Nazi, I think. <laughs> the impression I got. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Because, yeah, that's that's what it turns out being, isn't it? The, the watch somehow leads to... Yes, diamonds. The, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Nazi diamonds. Yeah. Because um, they've got David and Maddie are chatting, and David knows that 
his job was to lose money. So he never even tried. He says, but all I need is that one big case and I'm really good, you know, I'm really good. All I need is just that break and then I can start making you money. But um, she's still having none of it, is she, at this time? She's just, no. <laughs> well, she's basically saying, this is not my gig. You know, I'm not trained for this. So I'm not, you know, I'm not a detective. No. So she, she just she just wants to clear herself of these businesses so that she can just get on with her life. But he's very persistent. I will give David that. He's very persistent. Yes. Well, because he doesn't want to be out on his... He, he likes this job. Yes. And it turns out he... he he is very good at this yeah. job, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's got two cars. <laughs> One of them's definitely a Porsche. Yeah, he's got a Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a company car. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't want to lose that. No, no. <laughs> now we get, they're by the elevator, and as the doors open, it's, it's Mo. Mo's there, and he hands the watch to Maddie, and you think, they say, oh dear, and then he falls down, put knife in the back. So they've obviously got to him. <laughs> if, yes. if, if they've got that close to stab him, why didn't they take the watch? <laughs> That's, that is a very good question. Mm. And not only that, how did he keep step? Like, yes. it, how did they get out of the lift? Because they went in the lift and the lift opens. He falls out, but he, for a moment he's just standing there. So the, the timing of it, like, and then he falls down and, you know, Maddie screams because, yeah, he's got a big knife in his back. But did they stab him previously on another floor and then they left him in the lift and they got out? Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> the bad guys aren't with him at this time. So they've stabbed him. He's got yeah. back in the lift, gone up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, press the button. I've got a knife in my back, but I'm just going to this floor. And yeah, exactly right. Why didn't they take the watch off him? He had it. Yeah. If they got close enough to stab him, they could have got they got close enough to grab the watch off him. Yeah, I know. You'd think so. <laughs> Maybe they threw it from it's... across the lobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, wave hands. That's what we say on the podcast. Waving hands. Yeah. Um, so he actually puts the watch onto Maddie's wrist. Yes, he actually hands it over. Yes. And then we get the police station now, of course. <laughs> There's been a murder. Uh, now, this is a lot, yep. lot has happened, and I've got, I've written here, it's only like 35 minutes in, <laughs> and it's still an hour to go, and a lot has already happened. I know! <laughs> I know! I mean, obviously, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of dialogue because it goes quite quick. Here, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. But yeah, no, that's what I thought as well because. That's why I stopped spreading my notes because I was like getting right into it. You know? I was like, because I haven't seen it for so long, I completely forgotten what happened in this show. So, yeah, I just I just started watching it. So, yeah, it happens a lot with me. <laughs> I just stop and start watching. I think, oh, I've got to stop and rewind all that and write it down. <laughs> oh my god, I do exactly the same thing. When I, if I haven't watched a movie for a long time, uh, we're doing a movie from the 80s and, and I haven't watched it for a while. Like, uh, I think we, uh, we did quite a while ago for Angry's birthday, we did The Wraith, and I hadn't seen that since the 80s. So I had to watch it, then I had to watch it all over again just to do my notes. And then I had to watch it again to write down the gift times for Colonel. So I watched that three times in like two days. <laughs> so you know that movie quite well now. <laughs> I do, I know it very well. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what I sound because I'm thinking, gee, so much is going on in this show. Oh, it is a lot. It's hard to keep up. <laughs> Especially if you think, yeah. I've still got an hour to go of stuff. <laughs> I know. 
But lucky, I only watched it yesterday, so it's still quite fresh. Because even when I'm writing oh. notes, they're almost unlegible. Yeah, I can't read a lot of it, and I'll do it so quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I watched it on Friday, so but I watched it at night time, and I'd had a little bit to drink, just a little bit to drink. So I'm just kind of sketchily remembering bits and bits and bobs of it. <laughs> Yeah, especially uh, long ones like this, if, if I don't fall asleep through it, I think, oh, it's got to be quite good, because <laughs> I'm still going. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. That's always a good sign, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I haven't fallen asleep, so it can't be too bad. Now, we've got David's in the police station, and, yeah, he's so cool, isn't he, in the police station? He's not worried or intimidated by him or anything. And he says, oh... No, no. He's, he's saying, and they say, oh, apparently Mo... The Mohawk guy was called Klaus, apparently. But, but I always thought that was a, a, just a pseudonym. But let's see. Uh, do you know? I think so too, because on the on the IMDb page, it's yeah. got blonde Mohawk. That's right, it does. That's a Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe maybe that. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, they just went with the blonde Mohawk rather than Klaus. Yeah. Well, but they, you can kind of tell that you can kind of tell that David's probably an ex-cop. Yes. I know that a lot of ex-cops do go on to be like detectives and stuff like that, so private detectives. So I reckon that's what I reckon that's why he gets on with the cops so well because he was one. Yes, you don't get. He, apparently, he didn't serve in the military and he didn't go to a nice university or anything. But uh, they're the bits you find out from this episode. But you don't know anything else really about his backstory, do you? No, exactly. And you don't really need to know. I mean, we've pretty much got Maddie's backstory. Story. Yes. It's, I think it's, yeah, obviously, Sybil Shepherd is the star. I think you can tell in this episode that it's more about her and it is the side, I don't know, it's the, the side character. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, as I said, she'd already, she was already famous from modelling uh, and from doing quite a few big movies. I mean, I know when she did The Last Picture Show, uh, Peter Bogdanovich was the director. He actually left his wife for her. Yeah. <laughs> while they were filming. And if you have a look, a look at her in the last picture show, you can't really blame him. <laughs> um, and yeah, taxi driver and stuff. So she was the famous person in this show. Bruce Willis was really basically a nobody. Yes. So it's built on her, yeah. And, and he, goes yeah. To, he goes to the uh, cops there, and he? He goes, I don't know this Jonathan who, who died this morning. I don't know Klaus. He goes, we just met at the lift. Sort of. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, don't I get my phone call? Isn't this America? And they say, the phone's right behind you. He says, so what do you guys want on your pizza? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's basically how he wins the vote. And it works too. Yeah. They sort of walk out to where Maddie is and they're all eating a slice yeah, of pizza. That's right. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, and, I like that. And he goes, oh, it's your turn, Maddie. He goes, these guys are just pussycats. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's such a great thing for his character to do it really you really know who he is very early on in the show yeah it's really it really you know, is setting up the character really well and he's cool isn't oh, he? he's yeah. a cool character yeah you can see nothing's gonna phase him <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you'd like I, I was watching it thinking yeah i really feel safe with him but it'd also be really fun yes yeah, it, it, I suppose if you were trying to work with him on a professional level, it might be hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it would be, it would be fun though, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would be, yeah. Um, 
So now he's still trying to convince Maddie to take up the case, isn't he? He says, let's, let's go. And she goes, no, no, man's just been killed in front of me. I, I just want to go home. <laughs> I don't, the watch is with them. I don't want to see anything about this anymore. And she's trying to ring a cab, but then he, he drives around in the Porsche and says, oh, wait, actually, it's your car anyway, but can you give me a lift? Yeah, which, which she does. Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. To her. But she drives to her house first. <laughs> she do not drop him off on the way. <laughs> she, yeah. She, she just gives so she's a, like... Yeah. She says, um, yeah, yeah, you can drive the Porsche back to your place. Uh, I'll have someone pick it up in the morning. But of course, we don't get that far because the baddies are there. Yeah, that, and that's why they did it. You're thinking, why didn't she just drop him off and then she drive home? But of course, we need them both to be there. That's right, at her house, place. which is an established yeah. set. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've got this set already, yeah. let's use it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, of course, and they handle this quite well as well, I oh, yeah. think. Because uh, one of the like, bad guys uh, is called Simon, apparently. <laughs> yes. That's a popular name for a bad guy. Yeah, I, I found in the eighties. Because I've just Simon. Got, I've just got Mister Evil. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was Simon. Simon, and this is played by Dennis Lipscomb. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's, that's mm. an easy one. And he's got a henchman with him, and I thought I recognise that henchman, and he was in the yeah. um, X Files, and he played an unstoppable assassin in the X Files. So he's always playing a bad guy, I think. Ah. You get, there's a few of those um, actors that you... It's just like there's certain actors that can only play the mafia. Yes, that's right. Or they, they can only play a cop. Yes. Or, you know, yes. They're, they're, just, they're just perfect for that type of role. And there's some people that can just play bad guys, just like Dennis Stewart, who played Mohawk Mo Boy. Yes. And I can't imagine him ever playing a goodie. No, no. They've definitely got their roles cut out, haven't they, in life? Yep. Yep, Definitely. And of course, then we've got them, um, they're both tied up. Uh, and all this Simon wants is the watch. He goes, and, and she's saying, well, I gave it to the police, you know, I don't have it anymore. The police have it. And um, he's not really believing her, is he? So, uh, no, and I don't know why. No. I don't know why he's not believing her. It seems a perfectly logical explanation that just come from the police. <laughs> and then, why wouldn't she give it to them? And then we get, uh, I've, got a little, yeah. I've got a little clip here. Because you don't know what is and isn't true. You're going to assume that she's lying to you. You're probably going to apply duress. 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 You're probably going to keep applying it until she tells you what you want to hear. Why, that's very good. I couldn't have done it without you. Yes, <laughs> so they're going to torture the information out of her, even though she's told yes. the truth, as far as she knows. <laughs> yeah, so like she's just said over and over again, but you know, uh, David just knows the whole routine of this guy. I was just I was just looking up, he's not with us anymore, sadly. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, he passed away in 2014. Oh, so not that long ago. Well, I suppose it is. I always think... <laughs> Anything 2000, that's not that long ago. Oh, it is. <laughs> I, I'm exactly the same. I am exactly the same, Brian. It, it happens to me all the time. I'm like, oh, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Like, like I was looking up when um, Gene Wilder died, and it was, when was it, 2016, I think, and I'm like, oh, God, that was just like yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's a couple of years ago now. 
I think you know. Yeah. <laughs> Time. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's I what know. you used to look it's, through. It didn't send a drag when yeah. you were a kid. When oh, you were God. a kid, it just drags. Like, Chris, to, to get around your birthday or Christmas, you used to think it used to take about three years. Yes. To get to your birthday <laughs> and Christmas. And now, of course, you're just like, oh, my God, I only had just had Christmas yesterday and it's Christmas again. Yeah. I was thinking, when you used to look up in the TV guys, you see a film, oh yes, it's 1990, oh that's quite modern, and you think, that's no, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, it's weird to think that stuff in our childhood, that's now antiques, that's now officially yeah. considered antiques, it's gone from retro to antiques. Yes, and very expensive. <laughs> yeah, and you always think, God, I wish I hung on all my yeah. toys. I had one of those. <laughs> You try to bite, everyone tries to bite back, don't they? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. And you think, God, like, I know, my mum just like got all my brother's toys and all my toys, all my Barbies, my Barbie camper van, everything like that, because you know, it's sort of gone from toys to discovering boys, from toys to boys, baby. Um, and but that didn't mean that it's, I wanted it, to get rid of them. That's and, not the same for me. And they're I just gone. <laughs> Sorry, I said that's not the same for me. I didn't go. To boys, the toys win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from pearls to girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, I. But, uh, yeah, I had an evil nan, and she grabbed all my toys, threw them in a box one day, and took them away. <laughs> That's it. She's, you're too old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So my mum took them out of the hospital. So yes. all those. I was going to say all those lucky kids in the hospital, that's yeah. thing to say. Um, all those kids in the hospital got all our toys, but yes, it's one of those things that you don't kind of think of at the time, but you sort of look, think back now and go, oh, you know, like I had a really rare Shirley Temple doll, and it's, it's, I remember looking it up and it's worth something like, you know, $10,000 or something. Oh, it's going, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. But the funny thing is I would have sold it ages ago anyway. Yes, that's, that's the thing, time, yeah. So. Yeah, so yeah, it's only the last sort of like ten years or so things have come back into it, isn't it? We are collecting stuff now, and uh... exactly, and then that's the thing. If all this stuff being sold now, you know, I can't imagine it being that collectible because everyone knows about it now. Yes. Um, I, I, I notice up there on the mirror, you've got what are those? Is that Fisher Price? Oh, on the mirror, that's Lego. That's my Lego Long Ranger. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's Long Ranger Tonto. <laughs> Tonto. Right, gotcha. Love it. They're not the kids. People may not know, I can actually see Brian, but it's probably a good thing that Brian can't see me because I look like an absolute wreck today, so I'm very relieved. I've done, done my hair. <laughs> I, I, by the look, I wouldn't think it'd take that long. No, uh, just just the uh, when I was in this, we have this shop called Pound World, where everything's a pound, obviously, um, and they had yeah. all, all the uh, 2009 Star Trek figures in there. They had them all, so I brought them all, and I'm going up to the uh, oh, yeah. cast register, and they're going, "Oh, the kids are going to love these." I said, "They're not for the kids." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Similar shop called the two dollar shop. We've got a shop called the reject shop. We've got a shop called the two dollar shop, and it's the same thing. You know, the, you just never know what you'll find there. Like I go and buy all my candles from there and stuff because you just you wouldn't know. No, really. it's all the end you of know. the line stuff, isn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so we've got um, uh, Simon, yes. the baddie, in the Spinner's Liscombe. Yeah. And if I remember rightly, he's he's just about to torture Maddie because he moves them to the kitchen. They're tied up in the kitchen. Well, there's there's um, one there's one bit where um, uh, David gets the sort of drop on the bad guy, and so he is punching away, and Maddie's struggling with Simon. She bites him, gets the gun out of his hand. Then he, it's, David's going, shoot, shoot, and she shoots all six bullets and misses. I think she hits a lot of her Every pictures time. and stuff, doesn't she? She hits her pictures, she hits her she bars. <laughs> yeah, she, like, she uses all six bullets and she doesn't. all she does is hit stuff around her living room. Yeah. But then she has the nerve to have a go at David for not punching properly. Sissy, sissy like, puncher. You can't, you can't shoot properly, you stupid woman. <laughs> yeah, because then, the, then the bad guys get the upper hand again and now they're back in the kitchen and he's got the grill on, hasn't he? And I think it's a sausage, yes. isn't he? He's burning a sausage says, to, to try and persuade her to talk. And, and she's yeah, still saying, the, old, the, old, the old Frankfurt torture routine. Yeah, and she's saying, I haven't got the watch, the police have it. You know, that's the end of it. And, and, and now he's going, uh, you know what, I've got a lot of friends at the police station. We're going to go and check on that. And if it's true, you know, if it's, or if it's not true, we'll be back. <laughs> sort of. And then they leave, don't they? So. Yeah, they're like, OK, bye. Yeah, I've got a clip somewhere. Da, 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 da. Sure, I wanted you as a partner for your name and your money, not you. You think I want some blonde ball fluff following me around? Ball of fluff? You are calling me a ball of fluff? You, the sissy fighter? <laughs> yes, because <laughs> um, cause she unties him um, on the chairs. They, they wiggle around, she unties him. Then he won't untie her because he still, yeah, you know, he needs, he, he wants this case, then he still. Yeah, and he's, he's got a good way of, because she's, she's been really, really stubborn about it. I mean, obviously, she's in her mind, she's like, I need to sell all these businesses, including this one. Um, but, yeah, David, he knows that this is possibly a very big case. And, you know, it's a good thing because they, you know, end up doing quite a lot of episodes together. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that he swapped the watches over before it got to the police station. He, he grabbed uh, his, his grandma's watch he gave to the police and he kept the, the evidence watch, didn't he? Yeah, it's very smart. And that's why she's so cross at him, because she almost got tortured over this watch that she thought they'd given to the police, but he had it all the time. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, it was, just, it was a smart thing to do. Oh yeah, he says, but... he says the only reason we're alive is because we have the watch, you know. <laughs> if they had the yeah. watch, we'd be dead now. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's true that you would have been beaten, beaten to death by a frankfurter. I don't know if you all copy. My copy had a weird edit here, because she was tied up one minute. Next minute she was free and she'd have punched him. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, no, sort of my jumped. copy exactly the same. Yeah, it just yeah. sort of jumped. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's good to know. <laughs> well, they, they supposedly... Um, there, there was a lot of um, problems with the writing of this entire show. Like, they were basically writing scripts up until the beginning of filming. And there was a lot of delays. And that's why there was a lot of quirky episodes of Moonlighting as well. Like, there was a musical version. There was a Shakespeare one. Because they hadn't actually completed the script for an episode. Yes, apparently... It, it, sound, it sounds like a real mess. Apparently in the third season it got really bad. And they just had a lot of bottle episodes here, there and everywhere where they weren't continuing their story because 
that just the scripts weren't ready and they usually work seven days a week to try and get these things ready. So yeah, they, yeah, that's exactly right. They, yeah, they had like they had huge delays, huge scheduling problems, um, and yeah, at, at one point I've got down here, Bruce Willis actually broke his shoulder while he was skiing, and Sybil Shepherd was actually pregnant with twins. Oh, that's right, I remember. Uh, yeah, so, I remember that time. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, they even one episode even started with a mock newsreel announcing the behind-the-scenes problems. <laughs> yeah, apparently on the second uh, season at the end, they just walk off the set. <laughs> So you said see yeah. follow them. So there was a lot of full fall breaking to come. I mean, not so much in this episode, but later on. Yeah, because I do remember specifically this show. They they did look at the camera from time to time. Yes, yeah, so but speak, as you said, not in this episode. Yeah, they had to speak directly to the camera, but yeah, not this one. They're, they're still finding their feet. Yeah. And actually, I know I was reading through all the episodes. Um, in the next episode, not this episode, but the second one, there was Tim Robbins is actually in it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose there's a lot of famous people will be popping up that weren't famous at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have you podcasted Seinfeld? No, never done that one. Because <laughs> that it, like we watch it every afternoon, and my partner Colonel he knows every single episode off by heart. Like, yeah. I've just started re-watching it again, actually, so I've just done the first season. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's constantly on TV here in Australia. Um, but, but yeah, we, we just sit down and watch it of an afternoon. He gets home from work, and it's just a good laugh, but he knows more off by heart. But it is mind-blowing how many people from Seinfeld went on to be famous. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there is so many in there. It's it's honestly I, I, mean, I remember watching I think I watched uh, watch Mojo and I was like they did the list the top ten of the most famous people from Seinfeld and it's like they've only just that's the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. You yes. can do it. You can do a top fifty. Oh, you see. Because sure. there's so many episodes as well. And, uh, <laughs> see, yeah, yeah, that's true. Was it about seven seasons? Maybe eight? I can't remember offhand, but it's a lot. Yeah, I can't remember. If you did Seinfeld, you might have to have my partner Colonel on. Because <laughs> yeah. he wouldn't even, even have to write notes. He just, it's all in his head, like knows every every episode of every season. So <laughs> yeah, um, because that's what they did proper seasons, didn't they? It was twenty four episodes. So every one season had like twenty four episodes, and thinking they don't tend to do it so much now. No. No, there's, a, there's actually a lot of shows these days that I think go a bit too long. Yes, I do like We agree. used to watch Sons of Sons of Anarchy, and I think that should have finished quite a few seasons before. There was a lot of filler Yes. in a lot of shows, and it sort of goes nowhere for a while there, like a couple of episodes in between. I was never someone that watched Lost, but I heard the same thing happen with that show. Um, uh I think it's very, very rarely you come across a really, per, like a show that's really tight and a, per, a show that's obviously been written before it's been filmed. Like they knew what was going to happen in the beginning, what was going to happen in the middle, what was going to happen at the end. Whereas uh, Dexter's another one that that just flopped <laughs> big time. Yeah, I never um, got into that one. So. <laughs> oh, you have or you haven't? I haven't. No, I've never seen Dexter. Oh, okay. Yeah, stop after the John Lithgow season. <laughs> yes, I just, heard. Just, just cut take losses. <laughs> um, but I think Breaking Bad's probably one that I think is perfect, as in yes. never seemed like filler. They don't have too many episodes per season either. I think they're about 10, didn't That's they? That's the other thing. 
yeah, that's the other thing. Get 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 what you need to happen out rather than just go. Oh, we're just going to show a man driving around in a car for half the episode or something yes. like that. Yeah. It always seemed like it had purpose. Yes. Every episode. Yeah. You and, it's, and that's the other thing. If it's if it's not driving the story forward, there's not much point to it. No, that's right. If you're back at the same place you started from, then what's the point of the episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. We'll have to get together and write a TV episode, <laughs> or a TV series, I think. Yeah, so I've got Maddie, after Maddie punches him, they go to his offices to spend the night. And she's going, I'm surprised you didn't try and take me to your place. He goes, uh, would, you, would you have gone for that? I guess, I think you would have gone for that. <laughs> he goes to her. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, yeah, that's when he acts like, he acts like a total gent again, because, yeah. you know, he makes sure that she's comfortable. Um, and she obviously sleeps on the his lounge. He said it yes. was a very comfortable lounge to sleep on. So obviously he slept on it a few times, I think. Yeah, nice big but office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. This huge office. Like I don't know how this business kept going, but anyway, it was all, it's obviously all very dodgy. Um, and how's his, how did he have two cars and a Porsche? Yeah, I know. Why did he need two cars? <laughs> One of them being yeah. a Porsche. Yeah. But obviously, it was, Maybe it was a write off. like a station wagon or something. Yeah, but it was a write off. The, the whole enterprise was supposed to be a write off, you know, so for some yeah, sort of tax, that's tax true. reasons. There's been a few um, few businesses up where I live here in Australia that, you know, you think there's no one ever in there, and they turn out that they're a drug front or something. Yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's really quite common up here. It's weird. <laughs> uh, so, so now she's. Um, She's asking him, do you have a plan? What's your plan? He goes, I've got a plan. I've got a really good plan. <laughs> so, so the next day they go to a pawnbroker's to get the watch evaluated. And he says, oh, it's worth about $3, the watch. It doesn't work. It's got no inners. <laughs> there's only one hand on, on it, pointing to, to nine. And there's, but there's a load of numbers written inside it. Obviously, it's the numbers that are the thing that everyone's after. Yeah. Um, and so it's just still got um, Grandpa. He's at the pawnbroker somehow. I don't know how he knew they'd be there with the watch, but he got there as well. Yeah, waving hands. Yeah. <laughs> then he actually kills the pawnbroker because <laughs> the pawnbroker can't remember the numbers. He goes, "What were the numbers? Tell me the numbers." And they go, "I don't know. I can't remember. I just saw them." And uh, then he sneaks out the back again. And we've got uh, David and um, uh, Maddie. And she she just doesn't trust that he knows what he's doing, but he goes yeah he goes it's all about this the original is Jonathan he goes so they get stop and get a paper, and it's got the obituary of Jonathan in there so then they go to talk to his widow about the watch, and that's Susan Kaplan apparently, but she's not yes. she's not actually over broken up about him she's just sitting outside having a nice drink, <laughs> and she says her, her husband yeah. her husband is is. Father had given him this watch. During his father was a flyer during the war, and he got shot down. And then some German had given him to smuggle these diamonds back into America, and and then he'd given the watch to his son because he says one day you know you can get these diamonds. Just got to wait it out apparently. Yeah, and that was the son that was yeah. He was killed at the beginning of the, the car at the beginning. Yeah. Yes, that's Jonathan. Yes. And Jonathan was also a bit of a flyer. He, he was a pilot, 
and occasionally he'd fly a plane. But other than that, he was just waiting around for some money <laughs> for the diamonds. As you do, I would. <laughs> yeah, so uh, four million in diamonds, which which back then was a lot. <laughs> So it's still a lot now. Yeah, yeah. You know, in your door and make four million dollars, you wouldn't go, yeah, that's just change underneath that. <laughs> that's what, just keeping loose change on me now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, the, the diamonds, and I've always found this funny with diamonds, because I'm not that sort of, I'm not into diamonds. I'm not one of those girls that's like, oh, I need big diamonds or anything. I've never been give me something, give me a big gold bar because that's really the only thing that's worth anything. That's value. Your silver, silver's not bad either. <laughs> yeah, silver's not too bad either, but yeah, it was, it's interesting because really cash, when you think about it, it's just bits of paper and it's not like you can use the same money, but like gold, you can use anywhere in the world and it goes all the way back to, that's right. you know, yeah, 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 Roman it's... times and Egyptian times, so... Yeah. Money is only money. Paper money is only valuable because we all agree it's valuable. <laughs> it yeah, that's so, exactly no, it. it's that's not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's funny when people say, "Oh, you know, uh, houses were so cheap back in 1970, so I could take all my money out of the bank and go and buy like a couple of houses." And you're like, "No, you couldn't, because money's changed." Yeah, yeah. All so. the money's changed, so no one would accept your money. No, we're all different now. Yeah. Now, yeah, have you got the plastic money over there yet? Yes, we've got a few. We've got uh, a five pound and a ten pound that are plastic now. <laughs> right, yeah, all our money's plastic oh, now. Oh, is it now? Yeah, uh, they're terrible. They just stick together. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have one or two cent coins anymore over here. Oh, got rid of them. oh no, we still, we still got our, our, our one pennies and two pennies. Yeah, you wait, they'll get rid of them eventually, because they, yeah. they did here, and everyone was like, all the old people were kicking up a stink, because they're like, how are we going to buy our stamps? But it's not like you can buy stamps for one cent anyway. No, and also, you know, you always get the £1.99 deal, we're thinking, yeah, why not, why not just call it £2? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, that's so annoying, yeah. yeah, and they still do that here, actually, that. and it's just a given, you, you might, you're not going to get your two cent change or your three cents change, you, oh, just, right. you just accept it. <laughs> You've got to accept that loss. <laughs> yeah, 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 and people do now. Oh, um, oh yeah, uh, during the conversation with the uh, ex-wife, <clears throat> they, they find out that some old guy had been around. He went to buy the watch for $5,000, and but her husband wouldn't sell it, Jonathan, he wouldn't sell that. Uh, because, yeah, because after his father passed away, this old guy turned up wanting to buy the watch. So obviously he knows what's in the watch. Yeah. Uh, and then we get, and then um, David's plan is to beat the bad guys to the diamonds. Now apparently he's, he's put all the numbers into a computer, <laughs> and he's worked out that it's a longitude and latitude of the numbers in the watch, and so they need a map. And this is, a, I thought it was quite strange because they go to a building to get a map, <laughs> like a library. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, could you just buy a map? I don't know. It reminded me a bit of that Nick Cage movie. The, oh, um... National Treasure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking that, and then I was thinking of romancing the stones. Oh, right, so yeah. rather than rather than have the the map, why not just go straight to the treasure and get the treasure instead? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but obviously they, they don't have maps on them, so I don't know. 
And the bad guys, no. the bad guys now following them, isn't he? The old grandpa. Oh, because yes. there is a bit where, um, where um, David and Maddie, after they talk to a widow, they get back in the car, and David says, "Just get out of the car." He goes, "Don't look behind you. Just get out of the car." And it's Simon's in the back, dead. <laughs> so the old grandpa's got oh, to him. Oh, that's right. So the old grandpa's got to him. I don't know what happened to the henchmen. We don't know. <laughs> He's never back in there. <laughs> no, no. But uh, yeah, the old, this, this old bloke, he gets around. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a. Uh, Quite handy, isn't he, for himself? He can look after himself, it looks like. Yeah, he's nimble. And earlier on, we'd seen that he's got like children and grandchildren and stuff. Yes, yes, it, it was Jennifer's seventh birthday when we first met him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, birthday cakes. He's quite a lovely old man. No, turns out he's a nasty old doctor. <laughs> yeah, it's very bad. So poor old, so, so no, I wasn't gonna. It's not poor old son. So yeah, so Simon's dead in the back seat of the car. Yeah. Um, and Maddie does see it. Like David's yes. trying to divert her attention, but she still looks back. But I suppose she by now she's starting to get kind of used to it. Yeah, it's quite a gruesome sort of death because it's all blue and pu well, purple and stuff and. Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's obviously been dead for quite a long time. Yeah, um, and then uh, she runs off to a, a bar, doesn't she? She's going to ring a cab, and he goes, "Oh, he goes, yeah, yeah. If you want to go, take the watch to the police. That's fine." He goes, "Let's have a dance first <laughs> in this like dive bar." So he's dancing with yeah. her, and then a cab's outside for her. She leaves, she leaves, but this time he's 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 taken the watch off her again, isn't he? He's, he's I think while he was dancing, yeah. he pocketed it. And so, no, actually, though, dancing to the, the song on the jukebox, so I did write this down. This was uh, Since I Fall For You by Lenny Walsh. Ah, well, well. That's what they're to. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is where she goes back to the office, she storms in, and they're just writing Blue Moon, is it Blue Moon Detective Agency on the door? After a, yeah. after a shampoo campaign, wasn't it? <laughs> the Blue Moon Gal. Yeah, and and it's she, better name than City of Angels, it is. isn't it? It is, but she's not happy. <laughs> she, she wipes that off the door, she storms in and says, you took the watch, you took the watch off me. You know? And this is the bit where he says, I've, I've worked out it's a longitude and latitude. Now they've done the map room, and they know it's 9th and Broadway apparently, that's where the diamonds are hidden, and there's a big clock tower. And you know what's going to happen now. <laughs> now they've got to climb up oh, the clock tower. It's always a clock tower. Yeah, it's a strange place to hide diamonds, don't you think? It is. I mean, you're thinking, uh, you've got to get up there, and, and the diamonds are in like a, behind a glass window on the clock tower. Yes, that's a lot of work. <laughs> like, yeah, could... it is just the most bizarre. Like, you're watching it, and it's only afterwards you think, hang on, why did they hide the diamonds there? That is a really dumb place to hide diamonds. Yeah. Oh, what if but of course, they've, they've got to hide them there because then we get quite a big action scene, don't we? Uh, oh, you yeah. can really actually see, at the point where Maddie's like hanging off, just hanging on for a life, you can actually see that that's a stunt woman. Uh, uh, did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it was even a stunt woman, I think it was a stunt man. <laughs> man, I think you might be right, it was a very blocky body compared to Sybil Shepherd. It was very big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's almost distracting. A bad wig too, a really bad wig. Yes. I mean, we're lucky these days that there's just so many stunt women. Oh, yeah. So they don't need to do that. But I find, we find a lot of the times when we're doing 80s movies that a lot of the time the women's stunts, it's a, you can clearly see it's a man. I think there was one bit in Romancing the Stone 
yeah. for Kathleen Turner, and you're like, yeah, that's not Kathleen Turner, and that's not even a woman. So, yeah, but it's really obvious in this scene, folks. Yeah, I, th I think they must have had a really strong stunt man union at the time. <laughs> so, men only. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, there, there's a big scene, isn't there, where they're, because um, at first Bruce Willis character he tries to climb up he can't do it and he goes oh it's because men have, have more hormones we're very slippery <laughs> and so she climbs up to the end <laughs> she climbs up gets on the clock tower she gets stuck up there he has to get a ladder from somewhere we won't go into it it's yeah. just it's just there <laughs> yeah it's just convenient <laughs> yeah that's it oh that's handy yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, then the ladder falls over the side of the building and then the old bad grandpa shows up uh, so it ends up with um, Bruce Willis's character David on the edge of the ladder, hanging over the building with the diamonds, and old grandpa climbing out. And then the, and the ladder starts to go down, uh, and Bruce Willis holds on to the ladder. The old guy, he, he falls, but he's holding on to the diamond bag. And, you know, he says... He says rips it. Yeah, it rips. You see the diamonds start to fall, uh, then he falls. And that's so sort of it, isn't it? Now, and I guess they lost all the yeah. diamonds. <laughs> you don't hear any about the diamonds anymore after that. So no, no. You know the way I look at it. If you were walking along that side yeah. path, I mean, you wouldn't want to be hit by the falling old grandpa. <laughs> no. But apart from that, if you've got diamonds raining down, you'd be picking those things up and scampering, wouldn't you? Oh God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, be, yeah. you might be there a little while thinking, is that Diamondique or is that Diamond? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly, but you take the risk and just go la di da di da, put a few in your pocket and carry on your merry way. But yeah, you just got to miss that falling grandpa. Yeah, so, be hit by him. Yeah, yeah, have an umbrella with you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the that was the big old action scene. Yes. Uh, and obviously, and I think I think they did that specifically to show that Maddie finally stepped up. Yes, yeah, she basically. did. Basically, yeah. yeah, or at least her her male. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He got a lot of work that day. <laughs> Just like... He did. He was very busy. But then she's still not sure about the detective agency, is she? She's still saying, I'll oh, think about it. Give me, no, give me one day and I'll give you a decision. But of course, as, as he's leaving her house, there's loads of reporters again outside and, and they're famous. It's, the headline is Model Foils Heist or something, isn't it? So they're all focused yeah. on her because she's the name, I suppose. She was famous model. And that's so, it, because she's the yeah, she was this famous model. So it's and that's what he's been trying to tell her the, the entire time. David's been trying to say to her, "You'll you'll be great for this business because you can be the face of the business because people know you. You know, you were the shampoo girl. Uh, you've been a model. You've been on the front of magazines. You know, you'd be really good to bring in revenue." Yes, that's it. To the yeah. business. Yeah, and he do, he do all the hard work, <laughs> and she be the face. Yeah, and she can just be the face. <laughs> and that's sort of where we end the episode. Yeah, yeah. And this, was, this was originally the, the the pilot was originally presented on ABC Sunday Night Movie in America, and it was actually split into two episodes. Oh right, yeah, it was quite long. It was yeah. <laughs> it was a, a, definitely an hour and a half. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then obviously in uh, episode two she she's obviously agreed because she arrives for a first day at work. It's now called the Blue Moon Agency. There's no cases on the book, so David actually purchases one from a rival agency, and on and on it goes. But yeah, it was a, 
Look, it was. I remember at the time really enjoying this show. There wasn't. I didn't watch Dynasty. I didn't really watch a lot of the big shows that a lot of people watched. Um, Remington Steel. Didn't watch that. But I did watch this show. No. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it was. Yeah, I was a bit of a Civil Shepherd fan and. Then obviously became a Bruce Willis fan as well. Yeah, because Glenn Gordon, um, what's his name? Glenn Gordon Caron, is it? Who, who was the writer of this episode? Was actually a writer from Remington Steel, and they sort of poached him away, didn't they? For this. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he, he um, yeah, he, he used to write for Remington Steel and also for the TV show Taxi. Yeah. And the fame. Fame as well, so he was a very so they brought across a very good writer, and they brought across a very good director. Yes. So that's probably why. And I mean, it's always not every TV show that's made the pilot might be done, but it's never picked up. Yes. So and that happens more often than not. People are actually very surprised at how often these TV shows, the pilot's made, and for whatever reason, bad casting or it's badly written or it just doesn't work. So they go ahead, make this pilot, and then it just doesn't get picked up to go any further. Um, but I can understand why this TV show, this launched them big yeah. time. And, and the premise didn't really change that much. It stayed... Because a lot of pilots are very different from the series once it gets commissioned. But this stayed... Oh, my God, yeah. 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 Oh, I think one of the worst pilots we looked at was um, the pilot for Dark Man, the TV show. <laughs> that was just awful. Oh. It, it was just full of clips. It was based on the movie. It was based on the movie, and, and a good, right. a good fifty uh, percent of it was clips from the movie. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's really cheeky, isn't oh, it? Oh god, yeah. <laughs> and lazy. That's really lazy. Oh isn't it's, it? yeah. <laughs> it's nothing to actually watch it. <laughs> it's so cheaply done as well. Oh, I'm gonna to have to check that out. Yeah. I feel like watching some some really bad crap as well. Yeah, so of course I got my co-host Paul to watch it because it was only 22 minutes long. <laughs> so, it was... <laughs> <laughs> so it came within his time that he can sit and watch something. Yeah, his attention span. I found it's about 25 minutes at the most. <laughs> right, right. Oh, it'd be terrible watching movies. With. Oh yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even contemplate it. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. We love you, Paul. <laughs> no, no, we don't, yeah. <laughs> if, if I could replace him with Alexa, I would. I really would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like, you, the two of you work really well together, so. He, he, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can say what I like. <laughs> no, he's listened to it a single episode. Wow. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, did you know it cost 1.6 million an episode of Moonlighting? That's quite, yeah, at the time, this was budget. like the most expensive TV show being made, wasn't it? Yeah, do you just, just think that was Sybil Shepherd's wardrobe allowance? <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, that's exactly right. Or her, yeah, her salary and her hairdresser. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but yeah, that was, yeah, I did read that somewhere that it was at the time the most expensive per episode show to make. <laughs> yeah. But um, for some reason, the channel was quite happy because they owned all of it. They owned 100% of the show. So, it, it, I suppose... Yeah, it wasn't made by an independent... No. Like, a lot of these shows are made by a production company and then the production company sells it to the network. That's but it. But, yeah, as you said, this was completely made by this channel. Yeah, so it's all profit as far as they were concerned. 
that's it. Look, that, that, they'd make that back in one ad break. Probably, yeah. yeah. Right. Especially when this, I mean, this year was very popular, high ratings at the time, you know, so. It really was. This, like, this was massive, this, this TV show. Uh, and as I said, it only kind of fell away. And this is when I kind of stopped watching it as well. Um, after, I think, it was about the fifth season, I think they finally, you know, yeah, it, did it. Because they're running on the will they, won't they. And... <laughs> Uh, and then they did, so... <laughs> yeah, and then and then after they did, everyone just stopped watching. Yeah. Cause, really? Because it lost its charm. Yeah, well, it, it had lost... And the same thing happened with that TV show, TV show Lois and Clark. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, I think, and I think the same thing would have happened with... I, I watched it on and off, X-Files as well. Those TV shows where there's the male and female lead and you've got that sexual tension, the minute... They cave, yeah. Because people think that people think they want them to get together, but then once they get together, no one wants to watch it anymore. Yes. So it's a yeah, it's a tricky. Whereas the episode where they did actually finally get together, that was one of their biggest ratings ever. No, like, no. like something like six million people watched it, watched that episode, but then after that, yeah, it just fell away. Yeah. They, they've done, done it now. It's done now. You, you've got the, the whole story port there. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. So it's, it's kind of like watching this, a couple, um, date, not even dating, but that should be dating, and then after they do it, it's like watching an old married couple. Uh, yeah, it sort of happened with the Friends, didn't they? When Friends was on. Yeah, same thing happened with Friends as well. I mean, the, the Ross and Rachel thing, they sort of had that from the very beginning. Yeah. But then when they started hooking up all the rest of them, you're just like, nah. They had to have a breakup. Nah. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. Get back together, break up, get back together, break up. Yeah. <laughs> just to keep it interesting, I suppose. Yeah, it's kind of like they. Yeah, that's another TV show that should have finished a lot earlier. Yeah, ten, ten seasons, that's a lot. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. And yeah, the minute they all started hooking up and having children and all that, that's, that was the one thing, it, uh, one of the many things that I love about the series Seinfeld is there was never kids. And I think kids especially can date a, sh a show, especially if it's a comedy. Yeah, especially if they can't act. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I, that, was the, that was the really good thing with Seinfeld, and that's why it's kind of timeless as well. Because they didn't have Elaine, you know, finally married Jerry no. and they had two kids and all that sort of shit. Sorry. <laughs> Just beat me. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, Moonlighting, because usually we give things a, a score out of 10. What would you score Moonlighting? I, I enjoyed watching the, the pilot episode again. I'm, I'm actually very, very tempted to go and get the... There's a DVD box set. And I'm tempted to go and get that, so I would say, oh, I'd say an 8 out of 10. Oh, that's, that's fairly high, yeah. And I must admit, I was watching it, I was engrossed in it, and uh, I thought it was really sort of ahead of its time for the dialogue and stuff, and yeah, I think I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 as well. So. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I really did enjoy watching it again. Yeah, I think I could watch a couple more of these. <laughs> that's it, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too. I'm thinking, I just want to see how this progressed. And even though, yeah, I did watch it back then, I'm thinking, hmm, yeah, so I'm, I might get my partner to uh, go and get me the DVD box set. I think it's, it's probably pretty cheap to be able to buy all these 80s TV show box sets. 
Yes. DVDs now, I would think. Used. You can buy them used quite cheap, can't you? I've often brought a box set for a penny, you know, <laughs> and you just pay for the postage wow. and packaging. <laughs> Nice, that's a good idea. I never thought about that, just buying them second hand. Yeah, because the next episode me and Paul are doing is, is going to be sliders. Um, and I managed to pick up the first season, that was a penny. <laughs> so, oh, so bonus, the, that's yeah, great. Obviously the postage and packaging is where they make the money. It's, it's £1.36 postage and packaging, so... Yeah, and I've recently, but still, that's, that's, still, that's still pretty good. Yeah, I've recently brought the new series of the Barnet Woman, it was only one season, <laughs> and that was 40p. <laughs> wow. Oh yes, I used to enjoy that show as well. That was um, when I, I used to have hair like her, so my, <laughs> all my mother's friends used to say that I looked like her. I didn't. <laughs> right. But they used to but say the hair did. I looked like Lizzie Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well, because we, we, we've done the, the Barnet Woman not show, but there's also the remake of the Barnet Woman. So. <laughs> Oh. Ah, right, gotcha. Of yeah. course. And so, uh, where can people find you? Yep. So you can find us, myself and Angry Man, at the Retro Cinema Podcast. Just type uh, the Retro Cinema Podcast into Google. We'll come up, uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, the, the whole kit and caboodle. So you can find us there. And we do 80s movies that we loved back then and still love now. So, yep, come and check us out. We've done about, I think we're nearly up to 70 episodes, I think. So we've got a huge back catalogue, so feel free to check us out. Excellent. Yeah, I've been diving back and watching some of your old ones, like The uh, Abyss. Uh, and uh, was it The uh, Woman in Red? Was that Gene Wilder? Yeah, that was a I think that was our second podcast, yeah. I think, because I think he just died. Yes. So we brushed that one out, and he didn't. He didn't do. He done a few movies. Um, he didn't do a lot in the eighties. Like his his real highlight movies were in the seventies. Um, but we quickly raced that out, and we're both big fans of Kelly LeBrock as well. So we thought, well, yeah. we'll do the Woman in Red. It's a funny movie. But um, oh, that's cool. I mean, did you enjoy the Abyss? I did. Yeah, I loved the Abyss, the film. So <laughs> any more information is oh, always good. So good. <laughs> But I can't believe that's still not out on Blu-ray. I know. What's, what's going on? <laughs> I, I totally yeah, don't like that. It's a crime. It's yeah. a crime, I tell you. Yeah. You can get Titanic on Blu-ray. <laughs> or The Abyss. No. Yeah. And I prefer, I prefer The Abyss way over oh, Titanic. So oh, Ed Harris is such a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, lo I love him. He's, he's great. Do you watch Westworld? Yes, I do, yes. He's just... Uh, How do you find that? Oh, I think it just he's so good. Uh, I'm missing Anthony um, Hopkins a bit because he was he could yeah. really act everybody off the screen. <laughs> just simple gestures and movements. He was just so good. <laughs> yeah, he's a, look, he's a perfect actor. I don't know if um, there's a movie that Anthony, so Anthony Hopkins made in New Zealand. It's based on a true story, The Fastest Indian. It's a movie oh, about the motorbike. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I actually think it's one of his best performances ever. Yes, and of course everyone sort of knows him from Silence of the Lambs. If you can uh, check out his other films, because he's just such a good actor. Yeah, uh, he's, he's phenomenal. Howard's End. Um, he's, he's especially good when he's teamed with Emma Thompson. Oh, I find. Okay. Is that the uh, romance of the day, maybe? <laughs> yeah, reports of the day, that's it. Yep, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, so go and check all those out because they're fantastic, but yeah. Can't praise him enough. No. 
So that's good. I think. I feel, I'm trying to think whether we've done an 80s movie with Anthony Hopkins. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, he must have done something. <laughs> must have. As soon as I go back into the other room, I'll be looking that up and see what movies he did in the 80s. Yeah, because he only really yeah. came to prominence after Silence of the Lambs, but he's been going around for a while as a proper actor. <laughs> yeah, he's been like he's been known in the in where you are for a very long time. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he sort of he only became known to American audiences through Silence of the Lambs.